you know, after seeing the output last week, I think a lot of those points were a product of, of takeaways. Hopefully we can get some takeaways when the turnover margin again. I think because it's a rivalry game, I don't know that we'll necessarily flirt with a 30 point margin because the passion and the fact that they're playing at home, I think is going to be, um, I think is going to be somewhat of a, an advantage. This is the Splitting Hairs podcast brought to you by Jackrabbit Illustrated. And we won those. We won those matchups. So uh, I thought those were the keys to the game. And the Jacks took care of business. No question about it. Coach Eck for earning the AFCA Assistant of the Year award. That's awesome. You know, I'm not comparing him. I'm pleased everyone chill out. By all accounts, it looks like uh, it's not a season-ending injury. It's nothing too severe, so you know we could have him in our back pocket for playoff time. But I thought uh, Evan Greenway, best game of the year by far, and, uh, and Matt Clark handling Brinkman. Now here are your hosts, Matt Tollefson and Kyle Sheehan. Hey, welcome back to the Splitting Hairs podcast. Matt Tollison here with Jackrabbit Illustrated. Kyle's on the other end, and we are excited to bring you another week of this podcast uh, as we recap a huge victory over you and I and look ahead to uh, the rivalry week against the University of South Dakota, the Yotes, uh, the Mangy Mutts, whatever you want to call them. Uh, Kyle, how's it going? going good Matt and after some genuine reflection what some might call genuflection I like what I saw out of the boys in blue and yellow this past Saturday how about yourself (laughs) yeah yes Uh, I would say that is our most complete game of the season in all phases and it was a ton of fun just to see them play that way Uh, it was was a ton of fun man and if if y'all haven't quick quick little intro and a little shout out if y'all haven't heard the b team podcast uh they made us look well whatever we put out here we might look like amateurs after that one because it had laughs it had details it had segments um so go check that one out they give you a little playoff sample uh as far as selection sunday come is coming up here you know in what four days or so so they did a great job so give uh give that a listen you might understand the genuflection remark but uh yeah, it was quite the humorous pod. Yeah, it was it was a phenomenal podcast. So if if you see Ben and Brendan uh, walking down the streets or at tailgating at the playoff game, uh, let them know that you appreciated their work because that was uh, one of the best podcasts I've listened to ever. Uh, any genre, sports, news, uh, history, whatever, it was wonderful. So yeah, thanks, Ben and Brendan. That one, but I, I would I would agree, man. It was really really funny. I was walking through some uh, through some medical office buildings, and I had my AirPods in, and I I I literally audibly laughed when they were having their exchange about about Brendan genuflecting on his drive, uh, <laughs> and Ben trying to process what the heck he was talking about. <laughs> yeah, so y'all uh, y'all have a have a laugh at that one. Uh, I, I personally liked when at the very end when they were worried that you were going to find them or yell at you. So <laughs> Kyle's yeah, going to yell at you. I figured out what, what Brendan meant about proving me right. But I, I will say, just to clarify, I was, uh, I was a little apprehensive of folks getting rabid on Twitter um, in, in riling up a fan base, as you'll see 
Um, Singular at, at fan three fan <laughs> at three wins four four overall wins. You don't necessarily want to. I don't know, add fuel to the fire, but you know, it's probably my paranoid dad mentality. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, that we have just as uh as fans, you know, we've gotten bit by the injury bug. We just want to see our guys healthy, that's all. Yep. So with that, uh let's dive into the UNI game a little bit. And as we as I said, I thought this was the most complete game. Uh and and kind of looking at my post um, before the game, the what to watch, I felt I felt so good because we did such a good job on these. And they're big things that you and I have touched on for, for a lot of the season. Um, first one, limiting penalties, right? We said we had to play a mostly clean game. We had to limit turnovers. Um, I, called, I called Jackson Yonke in the punt return game, and he was huge in that. Uh, Keaton Heidi. I said he's he's going to take another step forward, did that. And then the big ones, uh, Isaiah Weston didn't play. I was wrong. I thought there was no way he wouldn't play. Um, but the big one was blocking uh, defensive end Ellerson Smith, who came into the game with 12 sacks, and Jared Brinkman on the interior, who's just an animal. And we won those. We won those matchups. So, uh I thought those were the keys to the game and the Jacks took care of business. No question about it. Yeah. I think for, for a while now, we've been wondering when the offensive line, the six Oh five, their complete game. And I would say really the only, the only uh, point of improvement that I noticed that was pretty blatant was maybe some of the snapping by, um, by Wes, but overall they made some stellar, stellar defensive linemen look, relatively pedestrian and that you know uni is known for putting out solid d linemen and uh, just having a really solid defensive front all, all around so i was i was hyped to see that um, i think you and i both thought that it was going to be a game kind of catering towards mikey's skill set and unfortunately our hand was forced in that mm-hmm. when we saw pierre go down um, which by all accounts it looks like uh, it's not a season-ending injury. It's nothing too severe. So, you know, we could have him in our back pocket for playoff time, but he's going to rest up. Obviously, CJ is going to be resting up, and uh, we'll get some good play out of Mikey, maybe Blair Mulholland for sure, and then obviously uh, Blakely as well. So we got – we still have a bevy of backs, but it was great to see on senior day Mikey get fed and – and uh, lower the boom on on the Panthers and turn them into kitty cats. So it was it was nice. I always love see man. We had some battles back in the day against you and I. So seeing the battle won in the trenches, like it's like it's supposed to. See Keaton manage the game, play within his skill set. See the coaches call a superb game. And shout out to Coach Eck for earning the AFCA Assistant of the Year award. That's awesome. Um, again, putting more wrinkles in the playbook than Chris Kringle. Um, seeing just, you know, awesome utilization of the wild Jack to set up a big play, um, on the flea flicker. That was, that was excellent. You know, and, and a lot of times people, you know, I think the people, uh, I know the, the B squad is not too keen on the wild Jack formation, but football is chess, not checkers and coordinators are always utilizing formations to not necessarily win every time they roll out a formation. Maybe they want three, four yards at minimum for mm-hmm. sure, but 
they're looking to see how defenses play and how defenses have schemed you. And if they catch them sleeping, they're going to go for go for gold. And it's going to be gangbusters, man. So I liked I liked what I saw out of that. And you never know what's coming down the pipe later on out of some of these formations with different personnel groupings and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So really solid job. But uh, what was your take as far as the offensive side of things? Yeah. Uh, so, again, I just want to, to name a few of the guys um, – I thought uh, Evan Greenway, best game of the year by far. And he was, he, Ellerson Smith was lined up across from him most of the game. Uh, and, and Matt Clark handling Brinkman uh, moved back to guard. West was at center again for the second week. And West looked comfortable uh, snapping. Uh, you know, Egan Lickis, uh, Mason McCormick kind of rotated at left guard throughout the game. Looked pretty good, uh, both of them. McCormick had that nice block that sprung on the wide receiver screen. He, he show, he's seen in the highlight video. Uh, I, I don't know if it's a safety or cornerback or linebacker, but McCormick just flattens him. Uh, and that kind of shows off his athleticism. And that's McCormick now. He's flashed a couple times in the last few weeks uh, as an offensive lineman making some really big blocks in space. And so uh, good for him. I'm excited for his future for sure. And the Wild Rabbit, I'm with you, Kyle. Uh, I don't know how those guys are forgetting that that 85-yard touchdown pass from Pierre Strong to Kay Johnson was out of that formation, right? <laughs> so, so there's big plays. Like it's not, you know, if you if you take the average, uh, the Wild Jack is averaging quite a few yards per attempt. Yeah, and I think they're maybe um, just getting a little excited because Pierre's not necessarily rattling off his seven-yard per carry average necessarily out of that formation and sometimes when Mikey's leading it you know it's it's going for a couple here and there but um, stay patient I think that it's a it's a a sound formation to do what it needs to do and again it's chestnut checkers so we'll see but Matt you you brought up a great point Uh, as far as blocking blocking top to bottom not only in the trenches but I really liked what I saw at the wide receiver position sure Jackson Yankee continues to be not only a threat in the screen game and then obviously when Jabori was healthy in in the uh, downfield passing game with some of the back shoulder throws but blocking downfield was superb when he wasn't catching the rock when it was going to Cade <clears throat> and when it was getting dispersed and spread around to some other guys I love what I saw to Adam Anderson he's blocking downfield consistent consistently as well as a senior, it's tough, especially as a wideout, when you kind of live and die by getting the ball in your hands. But it just shows and speaks to his selfless nature and in, in the selfless leadership, really, from the upper class that you see. And, and a lot of times you hear people talk about it, but when it's displayed on film, uh, that really just sets the tone, man. It sets the tone. And um, a lot of the young guys learn from that because they're trying to acclimate to the college game. Everybody was a dog. They were a star at their high school level, right? But now they're starting to see how you should conduct business on the field. So that was really awesome. And then Keaton, man, they they were getting the ball out of his hands quickly, which are glorified runs. A lot of, you know, Ben and Brennan call them bubble screens. That's actually a tunnel screen when they're working back towards the middle of the field. But I get I get what they're trying to say. But it's it's just awesome to see them allow Keaton to play. Uh, within his skill set and and then because then what happens the game will slow down and then he'll be able to take some shots downfield like a the beautiful ball he threw to Cade uh, in the um, in the south end zone there. yeah and that's I mean, he throws a really nice deep ball like I don't think I, I've man 
like the, they they talked about it on the B team, uh, how he was able to compose himself to throw that ball to Cade on the trick play, um, but then the touchdown pass as well, uh, trusting Cade to go up and get it against a good cornerback. Uh, Xavier Williams is going to end up on one of the All Missouri Valley teams, either first or second or honorable mention. I'd guess first or second. Um, and I mean, he challenged him, right? I mean, Heidi Heidi yeah. threw it right there. Uh, so. Yeah, I'm. I just, I, I really like this kid. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I do too. The more, the more I watch, and I, I mean, what did you? Th- I mean, his post game presser. It's always like he's really composed. He, yeah. He doesn't allow the moment to be too big for himself. I mean, college game day, North Dakota State, and he pulls the ball on what wasn't even an RPO. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's, it's like. And the more I watch this kid, I'm I'm really impressed, man. Like very, very impressed. He does not play like a true freshman. You, you'd think that he was at least like a redshirt sophomore. Yeah. At, at worst. And, and it's funny because uh, the critique on him is that he's holding the ball for too long and not bailing from the pocket. When most of the time with your underclassmen, it's they're bailing from the pocket too quickly as quarterbacks, right? Uh, that is an astute observation, man. That is a it, that is spot on. Tell me and more. It, so it's just interesting because you, if you reflect back to, you know, I'm not comparing him. I'm please everyone chill out. But if you look back at Taron Christian's first year, his critique is that he wasn't trusting his receivers enough to get open and going through his progressions. He was trusting his his athleticism more. If Jake or Dallas or whoever was the first read wasn't open, Taron was bailing and not giving the play enough time to progress and, and running because he was a great runner. So it's just really funny that Keaton has this ability to, to step up away from the pass rush, keep his eyes downfield, look, 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 and then instead of bailing like entrusting his athleticism, he's holding it too long and taking a sack or, you know, whatever. So it's just an interesting flip. So he's just so composed. Like I'm, I'm blown away by his post-game press conferences, blown away by his radio interviews, uh, he just is really, I don't know. And it's so weird because uh, Wazetta, Wazetta in the cities is a football powerhouse traditionally. You know, the famous uh, uh, James Laronitis was from, yep. was from Wazetta. Uh, and, and they weren't good when he played in high school. They really, really struggled. And I, like I said this before, he played behind a poor offensive line. But man, I'm just blown away because I don't, I don't know. I don't, I didn't know what to expect with him. I've said that before. His tape is hard to judge because he's running for his life. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's another credit to the step we've taken top to bottom from recruiting to uh, our coordinator preparation. I mean, we've always had pretty good offensive coordinators, but now to have the talent to roll out there, to be able to not really have a drop off at the FCS level is really something because I mean, he he looks like a bona fide starter, and obviously he is now, but he was forced into the role. And then you look at his skill set, like you said, you know, just different than Taron, but he steps up into the pocket. He doesn't stare at the rush. He knows when to run. He runs with savvy. He doesn't run to put himself in positions where he's exposed physically. He gets down when he needs to get down. Really, I think that he just kind of had the yips against Illinois state and we'll call that game, you know, the anomaly. Right. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't just him dropping the ball that day. So I think that, you know, this was an awesome feather in his cap to say, Hey, we took it to 
you know, a really stout program in UNI, a team that may or may not get a seed, probably not looking at it now, but they're going to be in the playoffs and, mm-hmm. and they're probably going to get some dubs, you know? So just yeah. really cool to see his progression and, uh, and, and be able to see, you know, what he does in the future is going to be nice. Yep. And I think a good segue uh, to get into our defense is because we're talking about true freshmen right now. Let's talk about the true freshmen on that side of the ball on defense. And uh, the three that played a ton of snaps this week, uh, Chase Norblade, Quentin Hicks, and Peyton Schaefer. Uh, three different levels. Quentin Hicks on the edge, Chase Norblade on the back end in safety, and Peyton Schaefer, or, yeah, Peyton Schaefer uh, at linebacker. Uh, what are you seeing out of these guys, Kyle? Yeah, obviously uh, just starting at level one with Hicks, his burst off the line of scrimmage, his transition pass rush, right? So transition pass rush, when you either diagnose it's a run play or transition pass rush, into your second alternative move if your first one doesn't work is just phenomenal. He's got a lot of burst. He plays a lot of energy. And when you press a quarterback uh, like McIlvain, who has great escapability, it was it was great to see the team pursuit stay there. Um, I think in, in some of the instances, McIlvain was just not accurate. Uh, and he had some some opportunities. But all the same, when he's off of his spots, in running from for his life, most of the time he's he was back there, which happened quite a bit, especially during the second half. Then you you wind up uh, with advantage Jackrabbits, so that was great. Um, I'm going to jump to Norblade because I had him marked to speak about as well. You know he's gotten a lot more play. I want to say over the past three games specifically, but I I really I really enjoy uh, the speed he plays with overall. You look at his his coverage. There was one play. Uh, uh, they ran a little play action, um, and then McIlvain threw it to uh, the Jackrabbit sideline on a little, uh, I guess it would have been a flag or kind of like, a, I don't know, he was uh, with a side pocket. But mm-hmm. he had an opportunity to, you know, force a tougher throw in a tighter window, and he just did a really nice job there. So that was good to see because I would say of all the positions on our defense, safety is probably one of the the bigger question marks, and mm-hmm. they really took a step uh, if you look at, the overall overall pass yardage yielded, um, and you know Jaden James is a good player. Um, overall pass yards eighty five for UNI, which is a stellar effort. So, kudos to all of them. Yeah. Yep. And it, it's really interesting. Um, you know, Quentin. Um, like I've said before, Quentin played linebacker in high school. He played middle linebacker for three years. Led his team in tackles. And then uh, because he knew he was transitioning to a defensive end, his high school coach moved him uh, to an outside linebacker so he could at least practice some pass rushing a little more um, from the edge. And so you just see that, that ability to play in space and play recognition um, from someone that's had to diagnose a lot more um, at the linebacker position. He just really looks natural. Um, You know, they used him in a zone blitz this week too. Did you see that? So he, he stood up a couple times. And yeah. just drop back in coverage and was kind of like in the tight end flat area. So, which is great. You know, yeah. because football is all numbers, especially when you got so your center diagnoses the mic, right? Mm-hmm. So you can understand numbers from the mic over to the right side of the line or to the left. And then you can see if you have an advantage based on your run play, you can check it and get out of it. If you think they're going to bring pressure, obviously 
you can um, you can change the play and get into uh, maybe a quick passing situation and you want to throw into the blitz because usually when you're blitzing, there's a void left mm. um, and the defense has to rotate. Well, when you can zone and disguise blitzes with guys athletic enough like Hicks, that just opens up uh, the entire playbook uh, at your disposal, which is, you know, obviously something that you want to be able to have. Sure, sure. And the, and the third guy uh, I mentioned there was Peyton Schaefer. And, and he only finished the game with one uh, solo tackle. But I really think this kid has a bright future um, as well. Right now he's backing up uh, at outside linebacker. Um, but, but, man, he has speed. He is smart. Uh, his dad coached football forever. And so Peyton grew up in the game. Um, my interview with him when he committed, uh, he, he called – when I, when I talked to him and stuff, he, he just said, I don't know. I just kind of grew up in my dad's coaching office and I just, uh, I just kind of understand the game. And I think that's carried over. Cause I think uh, coach Rogers really expects a lot out of his linebackers. And uh, if Schaefer's seen truly important snaps as a true freshman, uh, that says something about his ability. Yeah, indeed. And I love the guys that come from football heritage because they're not maybe necessarily as wide and the expectation placed upon them. But you bring up a good point too, Matt. As a true freshman, um, it's great to be able to have this rule, this this four-game rule, because as you get later into the year, when you get into conference play, guys are dinged up, they got nicks and bruises, the weather starts to become more and more inclement or become more, more of a factor in recovery. It's great to be able to dip into your roster, still not – completely void a red shirt, but be able to have depth at your disposal and not only depth, but high level guys that you recruited yep. as opposed to maybe having guys that are working their way up through the system, maybe a red shirt freshman, red shirt sophomore that may not be able to be the guys, but now you can dip into those freshmen and see what, see what's available, kind of give them more experience as they move throughout the, the system. And I think it's just, it's better for the brand of, of college football altogether. So yeah, great, great on Schaefer being able to uh, contribute. And then, you know, just all the freshmen and all the seniors. It was great to see top to bottom. Yep. And the last two that we got to talk about, the true freshmen, uh, Jordan Gandy, Diamond Evans. Like, how can we not mention those two? Uh, Jordan Gandy had the yeah. big interception to start uh, the, the opening drive for you and I. And Diamond Evans, uh, again, played all over the field. <laughs> and and didn't allow a completion. Uh, didn't allow it. Yeah, like, he's, I love watching him play, man. Yeah. <laughs> there, it's just uh, Coach Jackson has uh, a bevy of riches right now at the cornerback position. What do you love so much about Diamond? I love his energy, you know. I mean, it doesn't seem like any player is going to be too big for him or any. It's almost like he, I don't know him personally, but just at pure glance, it's like, you don't, you don't know what you don't know right now. And he doesn't know that there's some dogs that he's lining up again, across from. And if he does know it, he doesn't care. And I love that. Yep. Um, Because, you know, when you see that in a young guy and you're an upperclassman, it kind of lets you settle in. You're like, okay, we know what we got. We found, we found somebody here. And then Gandhi with the, the Tony 
toe tap over there on the sidelines. That was a pretty little snag mm-hmm. um, on the on the in Aaron throw that either I can't recall. It got deflected right from the offensive player, and then he, uh, he just snatched it out of the I, air. Yeah, I think yeah, it was a really high pass for sure. Yeah, it was yeah. A high. It was high. Yeah, high and wide. Yep, just a bit. Outside. Yeah, right. <laughs> so so yeah, and then uh, you know we talked about all the freshmen now. Who else on defense uh, caught your eye in this game? Well, the ball hawk, you know, I think I can't recall. I think I called him out again as a player to watch. But uh, Seven had that tipped pass. Mm-hmm. Backus had, you know, kind of an ap- acrobatic pick, which I don't know how many times that is this year now that we've called him for an acrobatic pick, at least three. Mm-hmm. And then you have Rosaboom, obviously leading the charge, just really Mr. Consistent, of course, um, throughout the course of the year. I really hope he gets a senior bowl invite because he deserves it. He's earned it. Um, and then Tolu Ogurunde. Hey, nice. Just, just I hope I got that last name right. I, I practiced it I'm a little pr- bit. Pretty know. sure you did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, but no, it was excellent to see him and uh, just not quit on the play. His motor, I think, is what created uh, that fumble, which um, Don Gardner just scoop and scored, man. Just do what they teach you to do. And I, Don stepped up. Man, it really was just an all-around exemplary effort by the defense. Yeah, agreed. Uh, yeah, you know, and they gave they gave the game ball, I think, or the player of the week uh, to the entire defensive line, and they did a great job. But I think the defense as a whole was just so darn good. Uh, you know, it I, it just was an impressive victory, and I hope and I hope that they come out and play the exact same way against USD and don't take them lightly. Um, and we'll get into USD in a bit. But if they play like this and play with their hair on fire at all the levels, uh, they're going to be a dang tough out in the playoffs. Yeah, and defense wins championships and all that cliche jazz. But as you can see, when you're able to turn the ball over and really suffocate an offense and get them off kilter, it just the proof is in the pudding. And, you know, there were some times there that I thought you and I was able to get some of the things that they wanted to get. There were some lanes uh, in the run game that, I'd like to see a shore up. Maybe it's a better fit. Maybe it's um, getting off blocks at the first level of the D-line. But, you know, guys are going to get theirs uh, at times. They're going to get some plays. I thought Snee hit the hole pretty well. Schnee, I should say, hit the hole pretty well. Um, they're, they're running back. Obviously, he's they, they got deep down into their depth chart. But, you know, you and I is a great team. Um, yeah, the defense was stellar. And uh, hopefully we continue that into this game because – I, I don't see it as a letdown game. I don't see it as a trap game. I don't see it as any of that stuff. But hopefully we can rein in the emotion. There's a lot of South Dakota kids on the in blue and yellow. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of kids who, are, who aren't. And then there's a lot of seniors in blue and yellow that hopefully understand what's at stake. Get in, get the dub, get out. And uh, hopefully our defense shows up. Yep, yep. Uh, so, yeah, let's just move into it and, and talk a little bit about uh, USD. Or do you have anything else to say about you and I? Sorry. Yeah, just want a quick re- – no, it's all good, man. Just want a quick recap. Mikey, senior day, touchdown. Cannon Nelson, excellent to see him get a touchdown. Um, just just good to see him get live action reps, utilize the skill set that he's he's uh, shown uh, some some stellar work in, which is his legs. Uh, Vinatieri, you know, clutching the PAT game, he has had a proclivity to miss a few of those. Uh, did hit, did connect on a 44-yard field field goal, which was good. 
he had the one blocked, but obviously lower trajectory. We got to shore it up, and and it was Smith who blocked it, I believe, and he's six foot seven. So I mean, yeah. at times that's going to happen, um, but surely they want to correct that. Uh, he did get the knot again um, in terms of kicking. Uh, I, I I speculated. I don't know if it's true or not, but I know Stig has a real uh, knack for wanting to honor seniors on senior day. You can criticize it. You can do whatever you want, but I I tend to I tend to enjoy that because he pours into guys who poured back into him, and uh, I just I really like that, you know, because at the end of the day, uh, it's about commitment, it's about people, and it's just Stig being Stig there. So that was nice. I think we touched on it. I think you touched on it, Matt. But Keaton Heidi, fifteen of sixteen for one hundred ninety six yards, mm-hmm. broke the consecutive completion record that Taron held back against, uh, I want to say, Drake with 11 straight completions. Also had two touchdowns. And then Mr. Dependable K. Johnson just racking up the yards, already over 1,000. Yankee getting a touchdown. But, uh, you know, K. Johnson, I think, is the guy on offense. Yeah, yep. And B-team talked about him, but Ben Dinkle, uh, what he's doing this year in the punt game is really uh, special. And I think a lot of folks were concerned with Brady Hale graduating. He'd been so consistent for four years for us. And uh, I hate to say this, Brady, but I think I think Dinkle's even like added in a dimension to the punt game that, that wasn't there before with his ability to do the rugby punts and really switch exactly. it up. So well put, man. And it's so weird how football works, right? And recruiting and you know, you got a player like Brady Hale that all of a sudden becomes kind of a quick afterthought. You had a player like Kyle Manette at running back who becomes a quick afterthought. Rise. <laughs> it's just, yeah. you know, the game is unforgiving. It literally is next man up, whether you're forced into it or whether you graduate. So Dinkle, not Finkel, baby. Flip that field. <laughs> That's a great point. And I think part of the reason why I love college football so much, and I, I love pro football too, but but college football, there's just something special about this continual change, right? Every season's different uh, because of the new players you've added and subtracted from your roster. And it just, I don't know. It's just as special um, seeing the progression from these skinny freshmen to uh, these seniors that we honored on senior day. So well put, man, it is really special and um, school Vikings, but yeah, that was awesome. And really great to see the, <laughs> Really great to see that 20-point comeback. Went, I mean, uh, Dinkle did a great job. <laughs> so, uh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, nah, just having a little fun here. Everybody in Bronco country, you know, had to uh, had to hang their heads a little bit after that one. But Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brendan started the trash talk too early on that one for sure. So He did, and then I had to set him straight how, well, that's for a different pod. Yeah. But, you know, Mr. Smug, Aaron Rodgers, hey, 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 phenomenal, hey. <laughs> phenomenal quarterback. We won't dive into it. I love Aaron Rodgers' ability, man. But, uh, but yeah, it was nice. Um, I'm sure people scattered throughout South Dakota are both Vikings or Packer fan mostly, but uh, I'm sure there's some Chiefs and Broncos in there. Yeah. So if you're a Bronco fan, sorry, not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I mean, it would have been a fun game to be at, in all honesty, uh, just to see that. Yeah, Because, really. <laughs> you know, I had some friends there that, that were tweeting like, why do we even show up to the games anymore? Blah, blah, blah. Like, this is terrible. What an embarrassment. Fire Mike Zimmer. And then totally changing their tune, like, at by the end of the game. It was like, this was incredible. I'm so glad I didn't leave and go to Cow- Cowboy Jacks. <laughs> like, so. Wow. Yeah. They need, you know what's weird about that? I feel like they need a little bit more vitamin D throughout the year because it's like, 
come on, man. They just flip-flop within the course of a three-hour game. It's like, it's going to be all right, dude. <laughs> One, it's just a football game, so I feel for him. It's like, maybe don't get so attached. And two, it's like, understand, it's rough being a Vikings fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll have some empathy there. Segwaying into rough fandom. <laughs> I'm not trying to rile up a base here, but how about the wild puppies? Yeah, so um, definitely not the year they were expecting. I think USD um, may not have come into the year expecting to win the championship, but they did expect to make the playoffs, I think, or at least contend for the playoffs. And it just didn't happen. The start of the year was rough. Um, you know, the Houston Baptist loss, the loss to Mon- the blowout loss to Montana at home was rough. So it just, it, it hasn't been the year they wanted. Um, they had a nice little stretch at the start of Missouri Valley play, the end of non-conference, start of Missouri Valley play. They reeled off a few wins. Uh, looked like their defense had kind of corrected itself and adjusted under the new coordinator. And then the wheels really fell off, um, losing to Western Illinois losing to you and I, um, you know, they kind of, they were in that game against you and I for a half and then just got blown out at the end, got blown out last week to NDSU giving up, uh, 700 yards of offense. Yeah. 700 yards of offense. Um, insane, uh, big play after big play against the bison. Uh, so I don't know their, their defense is, is again, I don't want poster material, bulletin board material. Their defense has really struggled. Um, and there's no other way to put that. They've looked bad, uh, for much of the season. Their offense, however, is good. And we need to, we need to respect that. Um, yeah, because Austin Simmons can make plays with his arm and his legs. And, uh, he does, if, if his best weapons play, which is in question right now if Kai Henry will play and uh, if, if Dakari Allen will play. If they play, he has tons of weapons to distribute the ball to, and that's what he has to do is get the ball out to his playmakers. Yeah, uh, yeah. How, what, what are your thoughts? You've had a chance to look at him a little bit. Yes, yeah, Simmons is, is, a, is a real talent, I do think. He, he has turned the ball over, you know, and I'm, I'm not so sure, I, you know, at times, I'm not sure if it's a product of his decision-making or guys not getting to their spots, being where they need to be, him not getting the protection he needs, or them being as balanced as they would like to be. Um, he, you know, he's an Iowa guy. Uh, in that Houston Baptist game, I mean, he took tops off, thrown for 547 yards, uh, completing 48 passes throughout that entire game and throwing for four tugs. So he really, I mean, he's a talent, but they are known largely for their offensive production. I would like to keep an eye on what they do with their tight ends um, with, with the trio that they've got mm-hmm. there. They've been able to accumulate somewhere in the ballpark of about 420 ish um, recept uh, receiving yards, about 20, 20 catches a pop with their low mark being about eight for their bigger, more blocking situational tight end, mm-hmm. um, which uh, I think, you know, they, they're guys that are larger frame guys, but more lean, kind of like a hybrid H back type. Yeah. Build. Um, they got Herman out there who's six, five two twenty, So his playing size currently this late in the year is probably somewhere uh, at a height of about six, four. He hasn't shrunk, but you know how they inflate yep. that. 
six four, probably about two ten, two fifteen. <laughs> but they're going to be able to get out in space. Um, if this was, and I really, if think, this was the B team podcast right now, uh, they'd be talking about how to shrink players and stuff. Uh, so. <laughs> Yeah, like how do we shrink the kids yeah, yeah. or something like that? But we're dipping into the B team chalice since they since they raised the bar so high. Right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. They're getting to bed at a decent hour or something. I don't know what they're doing because they're they they're bringing the. Did juice, you hear they, they finished uh, that podcast at one in the morning? How they? How yeah, they they must have. They got up early. <laughs> they got to, to bed early on Sunday or something like that. Yeah. So well, I know the Packers had a bye, so Brennan clearly was well rested. Yeah. Maybe that's why he was so squirrely. That's right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, it's all that genuflecting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh but they're great, they're great uh weapon. You know, anytime you got tight ends, and I'm not even injecting my own personal bias in this, but anytime you ha- you have a weapon like that who can both block and create options in the passing game is great. Yep. And I think that uh, you know, with them having some question marks at the wideout position, um, who's going to play, who's not going to play um, with Dakari Allen. Um, I think that, you know, that opens up opportunities for them, especially what they've seen on film, likely against Illinois state. Mm-hmm. They're going to probably try to see if our backers can get to depth, maybe do some things with them as far as that's concerned. But yeah, I mean, they do have talent. Their offensive side of the ball is probably more their staple. Um I think that they do they do run a wide open type offense. Um, nothing that we necessarily haven't seen, but definitely things we're going to need to be prepared for. And you know, Coach Nielsen's a pretty good coach. Um, I think he's a really good coach. He just had a hard time securing a lot of his uh, assistants to keep continuity. Um, maybe tough secure the type of character, talent, maybe culture that he wants. Um, coming from Minnesota Duluth, where he won a national. Yep. But, you know, there's, you shared some, some insight. I won't get into too much of the detail, but when you have people in your program, not only people, but parents who are uh, really, really questioning the integrity of what they're doing there on message boards publicly, it doesn't bode well, you know? So mm-hmm. I don't know, hopefully I don't, I don't ever like seeing teams outright fail, even when they're a rival, but uh, hopefully they can get it corrected, but just still take another L. Yeah. Game. Yeah. Uh, you know, a big question mark entering the season for the Oats was uh, their offensive line. They they really lost a lot of starters last year um, and super, super young in the position group. And so I was I was uh, pleasantly surprised when I looked and saw that they they had they had allowed 27 sacks, which is, you know, two and a half a game. Uh, but they're young um, and they're actually it looks like playing overall fairly well. Um, I don't think they're playing yeah. a, an upperclassman nah. across the OL. Yeah, it's uh, three sophomores and two redshirt freshmen, and they're we should exploit. Yeah, that. and they're big though. You know, they're three hundred plus. Um, all of them besides the left tackle. So, um, it's an interesting group for sure. So, yeah, we'll we'll see on that. It, it, it really depends on, like I said, the injuries. Um. Their wide receiver group has been really beat up throughout the year. Caleb Vander Esch has kind of been the one consistent guy, uh, but otherwise everyone's missed time. Uh, they've been playing. This is an interesting thing. I'm really interested to see what they do. So they've been playing the last few weeks, a, a true freshman Carter Bell, and he's played pretty well actually, but he's hit the four game ceiling. Are they going to waste him on this fifth game um, on a kind of a, 
a meaningless game for them. You know, it's pride. They want to win, obviously, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big. Um, and But this kid, this Carter Bell, um, has been handling the punt and kickoff duties for them because the two punt and kickoff guys that had been used prior in the season quit the team. And so I, I'm really interesting to see, interested to see what they're going to do. Um, Cause you know, we've seen it this year and, and, and last year uh, it, returning punts. Isn't super easy. Um, it's hard to catch them. Right. So uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do to who they stick back there. And if they just have that guy raise his hand and say, uh, please catch the ball. Don't worry about a return uh, or what? Cause it's not a comfortable position to be in back there. Yeah. And it will be interesting to see what they do uh, with that young man, because it's like, I, I don't really believe necessarily Nielsen is on the hot seat. And, you know, there was a great saying, I, I don't know if it was Lee Corso, so I can't recall where I heard it from, but maybe it was Lou Holtz, but you never redshirt the guys for the next staff. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, It'll really all depend on, on the need, on the fit. And if you're saying they don't have a guy necessarily that's sure-handed enough that they rely on to secure those punts, well, big, big, big dog Dinkle is flipping the field, and they might really want to reconsider that. So if we can burn a shirt just forcing them into that, um, that would be kind of yeah. nice. But uh, hopefully the young man gets an opportunity um, either way to, to secure his own career longevity because – you know, it's nice to not, uh, I know, you know, you have a personal goal, um, as well going into college and you do what you can for the team, but you don't want to necessarily, you want to be able to develop. Mm -hmm. So hopefully it works out for both parties. Um, in that yeah. Way. And, and they do have USD as an experienced return man, uh, who's actually, I think a senior, um, Tristan Ducker. And uh, he's a good player, and we, rec we recruited his brother, um, who's actually headed to uh, Northern Illinois next year to play um, uh, with Coach E. And, and uh, anyways, he, he looked good. He used to return punts and kicks for them as a freshman and sophomore. Uh, I think he has one punt return early, early this season. Uh, but he's either in the doghouse or injured or something. Uh, but he could potentially step in and, and return punts and kicks for him um, as someone that, that has that experience. But I don't know what's going on if he's on the team but not on the team. Kind of a weird deal. I'm not sure. See what what happened with their, their uh, injury stuff and see, like, you know, like you said, Kai Henry has um, been able to do some things on us uh, historically mm -hmm. in terms of getting out in space. Um, you know, at 5'8", 200, he's more kind of a shifty back. Um, but about 800 yards and nine touchdowns on the season um, with a nice yard per carry average. So, you know, we need to do what we can to, to uh, lock him up. And mainly, I'm not even worried so much about him in the run game because we're real stout against the run, but just in the pass game, out in space. Um, and then what uh, my telltale thing to watch this week are going to be our safeties. Can they continue sure. to play at a high level and take a next step? So that'll be, that'll be my bottom all okay around. okay i uh i'm really interested to see again how uh greenway does um the yotes have a good defensive end darren greenfield and greenfield gets up for these games uh at the dome two years ago uh he was just uh like i i i think he's if he's on your team he's one of those players that 
that re- you really get excited about because he plays with such a high motor, so much passion. Um, you know, he, he's constantly like motioning to the crowd to either get louder or talking smack to the bench, uh, you know, of the opposing team, but he's just annoys the crud out of me. And so, uh, Darren Green, Darren Greenfield has just always caught my eye. And this year he has 40 tackles, five sacks, and he gets up for these games. He hates SDSU. Um, I don't know if we overlooked him in recruiting or what, cause he's from that Northwest Iowa area. Um, but I want Evan Greenway just to shut him down. Um, so he's a senior too. So he's going to be fired up to get that win against SDSU to end his career. Yeah. You know, there's going to be a lot of um, energy, a lot of spirited play from guys within the state, from guys out outside the state who are seniors and understand the gravity of the game, but that's a really good uh, matchup to keep an eye on. But also um, they've been able to roll out some good talent across the D line historically with Van Ginkle, obviously transferring up, to Wisconsin Mm -hmm. um, and really making some hay there as well and and doing some really, really nice things. So, you know, obviously we're going to need to bring our lunch pails and be prepared because can't take any team for granted, let alone a rivalry and and a team who's, who's honestly playing with nothing to lose. So that would be, uh, that would be fascinating. And uh, we've mentioned it, but I think, um, you know, that team with nothing to lose, it can, it, it scares me a little bit. Uh, and they're, they're chippy. chippy. Reading your, yeah. uh, reading your uh, breakdown. I mean, they lead the league in penalties by a long shot. Uh, there's been multiple times this year where USD has earned uh, personal foul penalties after scoring touchdowns. Like after they do something good, then they do something really dumb. Uh, I think we won't. It's, it'll be a long time before Jackrabbit fans uh, forget uh, last year the the blow to the head by. Um, a coyote defensive back um, on Adam Anderson and where, the, where he got tossed out for targeting the USD player. Yeah. And as he's leaving the field, a senior captain raises that player's hand to, to signify like a knockout blow, you know, like in a boxing match yeah. um, and no one from the USD coaching staff uh, stepping in to say, Hey, this is inappropriate. Get your butt to the locker locker room. Um, you know, I, I, it's going to be a long time before that image leaves me. Um, and this team has nothing to play for this year besides beating SDSU and potentially knocking us out of a playoff seed. And they're undisciplined to begin with. And knowing that they're not going to have to go to practice on Monday and, and run for their penalties or whatever. Um, <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm nervous for that. I'm nervous for our players, uh, uh, health after these dead ball situations for sure. Yeah, we'll just have to, you know, second guy always gets noticed, right? So don't be reactionary. Coach Stig, hopefully we'll get them ready to play and disciplined. I think we did a far, we've done a far better job of that this past game, mm-hmm. not getting goaded into anything. You know, you and I is kind of a similar, yeah, can be similar in terms of uh, the chippiness type play. But I think that, you know, we did a good job this past week not getting into any of that, especially when the game was well in hand. So I think uh, – I think I think we'll be all right. I'm there we go. Glass there we go. Uh, and then the last player, because I want to end on by saying something good with USD. Uh, they have a really good punter, um, Brady Shutt or Brady Scott or Shoot or whatever. Uh, he averages 45 yards, so he's he has a good leg. Um, 
able to control it. Uh, you can really, yeah, really boom it. 17 punts of over 50 yards. So that'll be that'll be something to watch and see if he outkicks his coverage and gives Jackson some room to move, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and Jackson did an excellent job of catching the ball in the air and fielding those punts this past week. And that was kind of your thing to watch. And I think he did a good job with that. But, uh, you know, it's a good thing he's not going to be hitting any uh, scoreboard the size of the AT&T Stadium throughout their renovations there. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so, yeah, who, who are you? You've, you've mentioned the safeties as a position group you want to watch. Uh, is there anyone on the offensive side um, that you'd like to keep an eye on? Yeah, I'm going to flip it up a little bit. I go with a lot of the skilled players and stuff like that. And, and I'll give you a skilled player as well. But uh, I'm going to give you Matt Clark on the offensive line. I thought he played a really physical game this past week. And I was just really impressed because moving from center to guard, you know, it's it, theoretically you'd think maybe it's easier. It's one less thing to do, you know, because you're able to come out of your stance, um, I guess for lack of a better phrase, fully prepared. But, um, but yeah, I thought he did a really good job and you're, he's just kind of settling in. Mm-hmm. Right. And then McCormick and Lickis over there on the left side, you know, Aaron Johnson. So it'll be good to see that. And then out of the skill positions, I'd like to see Adam Anderson get some play just cause it's a senior, uh, leader on offense. And he did some great things getting going against Indiana state. Um, and then, and then Missouri state, he's taken some steps and he's just a good, good, complete player that I've really enjoyed watching. So that's my offensive uh, look. How about you? Yeah. Uh, on offense, I already mentioned Evan Greenway, right, um, along the offensive right, line. Yeah. Uh, but USD has really, really struggled um, stopping the long ball this year. And that's Cade Johnson, right? And, yep. uh, man, Cade's going to torch these guys. <laughs> Yeah, I almost take him for granted, yeah. right? Like I'm like, ah, oh, well, we don't need to cover Cade because he's always been yeah. Famous. But yeah, he's he's uh he this game caters to what he's got. Yeah, so they're they're really inexperienced in the secondary, and um, I, 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 a few teams in the Missouri Valley have someone that can run with Cade down to down, and uh, and I I don't think USD has that person. So that's my pick for offense. Uh, defensively, uh, you know, I think uh, he he hasn't played the last few weeks, but could be kind of an answer to this tight end issue that USD is putting forward, um, as well as maybe limiting Simmons' running ability. But Levi Brown, I think he's back this yeah. week and healthy, and uh, I really look for him to have a nice game if he is if he is healthy and in the game. So I'm glad you brought that up. Um we were talking about the linebacker position group earlier in some of the younger classmen who've stepped up, but I'm glad you brought him up. I, I think this will be a good game for him. Um, I'm going to go seven Wilson. I think he's been really consistent, obviously getting his hands on the rock that, that Bacchus ended up picking. Um, the play doesn't happen if he doesn't redirect it. So I think he's been really solid uh, taking, taking some steps Um some of the positions that he's kind of gotten himself caught in, I think he's learned from, he's gotten in the film room. Um, he died. He's diagnosing plays a little bit quick, more quickly. And then more than anything, just getting to depth, getting to depth when you diagnose the play quick enough uh, in, in making sure you get your eyes uh, where they need to be. So um, that's going to be good. And, and it's going to be good because we're going to have to create the at- atmosphere mm-hmm. Matt, because it's, it's really, 
you know, you said it. I think that what there's five thousand tickets that are available yeah. for this. Yeah, but a little over fifty two hundred, I think. Uh, and it's and Ben and Brennan, as they said, like the the whole section behind the visitor bench, which is normally packed full of students saying some of the worst things you've ever heard. Uh, <laughs> the, there's no one there. It's empty bleachers. It's construction zone. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure for atmosphere wise. Definitely. You got a prediction for this? Yeah, I, I did predict a score of 38 to 14 jacks and, uh, that would be another 21 point victory, which the committee considers, uh, in their, in their margin of victory thing. So, uh, that'd be a big win, another rivalry game, uh, making sure that the Yotes don't know what it's like to beat the Jacks. Um, another recruiting class coming in will will not have been born the last time USD beat SDSU, so uh, that's pretty cool. You know what's pretty cool is that A1 research right there, my man. <laughs> and then uh, hearing Brendan do his little spreadsheet and – Hearing Ben with his quality losses, man, we're just putting in that work. We're getting season <laughs> form here too. It only took us till so, the end of the regular season, but we got it. Shoot, we're a well-oiled machine at this yeah. point. You know what I mean? We got our hey, we have a production team. Shout out to Dallas. Dallas. There we go. What's your <laughs> prediction? My prediction, um, you know, after seeing the output last week, I think a lot of those points were a product of of takeaways. Hopefully, we can get some takeaways, win the turnover margin uh, again. Um, I think because it's a rivalry game, I don't know that we'll necessarily flirt with a 30-point margin because the passion and the fact that they're playing at home, albeit in a paltry environment, I think is going to be, um, I think is going to be somewhat of a, an advantage. But overall, I think it's going to be probably somewhere in the ballpark of 28, uh, 28-17, I'll call it, 28-17. All right, there we go. That's all right. Uh, we don't cover the spread in that case, so Ben would be a little upset there. But, uh, but yeah, I think I think that's I think that's okay too. Um, they, but I think it could be a garbage t- touchdown, yeah. like it wasn't at uh, Misery State. That's so. true. Yep. All right. Any? Um, well, one thing you know, we always I talk about recruiting quite a bit. Um, shout out to our guys in Illinois that are coming in. Uh, Mark Gronowski, uh the. The quarterback, um, talked about him last week, size-speed combo, really excited about him. Uh, he was uh, the 8A All-State quarterback, the, the highest division in Illinois, so that's pretty cool. Um, Jay Lee, um, offense lineman, and so that's, uh, you know, he's 6'3", 290 already. Um, really excited about him. He's just a road grader. And then Kale Reeder. Um, really, I think a, a really underrated player in this class, a safety, uh, he played safety and wide receiver for his high school, uh, really made some tremendous plays. He's physical. Um, he has size, speed, uh, he's intelligent. So I, I, th- these three coming from Illinois this year, oh man, they're good. Our Illinois, uh, pipeline continues, uh, so, but congratulations to them for all state in Illinois. Yeah, well put, man. And continuing to lay that pipeline in Illinois is is obviously been very sound for us. If you look uh, throughout the lineage of folks we've been able to get, like Bobbitt, like TJ Lally, you know, go, so on down the line. So that's that's awesome. And then um, love seeing those positions secured at quarterback and offensive line. Obviously, with the attrition that we've seen at the QB position, mm-hmm. you can never have too many signal callers of high caliber. So that's great. Yeah, totally. Uh, 
All right. Any last things for you? I do have one final last thing. I know that's a shock to everybody if you've been listening, <laughs> but <laughs> I do have something I'd like to read. Matt, is it all right if I read sure. it? Sure. All right. It goes like this. Far across the plains of Brookings, as far as you can see, stands an old abandoned outhouse called the University. It's at Vermilion. <laughs> it's a little poem. It's uh, in the uh, Union, student union there. Yep. And uh, I just thought it'd be fitting, you know, especially being at the outhouse is uh, going to feel abandoned and going to feel like it's under construction, you know. Right. Let's go, uh, let's go finish the demo. All right. I, I love it. I love it. All right. Uh, let's get a W and uh, go Jacks. Run Rabbits. This has been the Splitting Hairs Podcast. Remember to like and subscribe as well as follow Jackrabbit Illustrated on Facebook and Twitter. It goes like this. Far across the plains of Brookings, as far as you can see, stands an old abandoned outhouse called the University. It's after a million. <laughs> it's a little poem. It's uh, in the uh, 